Welcome to the Action Network Podcast, the number one show for the invested sports fan. Ready? All right, here we go. From the 10, throwing end zone. Spectacular catch. They're saying it's a catch. Touchdown. You see, most gamblers, when they go to gamble, they go to win. Oh, my God. That's incredible. Big bank, small bank, I like to make money. All right. That is the ultimate kibosh. You want to bet? <laughs> and we are underway. Welcome to the Action Network podcast, week 10 NFL betting preview. I am your host, Chris Raybon, and on today's show, we'll be breaking down our top six spread bets in the Sunday six-pack, giving you our favorite over-under of the week, favorite teaser pick, money line underdog parlay, survivor pool pick, and of course, we'll start by breaking down the Thursday night football game. But before we do, just a reminder, download the free Action Network app for real-time odds, box scores, and the capability to track every bet that you make. Now let's get into our Thursday night football preview. It's not the best game, but it's the only game tonight. Let's bet Thursday night football. Tonight's matchup is the 4-5 and five LA Chargers going to Oakland to play the 4-4 four and four Raiders. Chargers favored by one, getting 67% of the bets, 64% of the money. The total currently sits at 49 with 60% of the bets, 66% of the money on the over. And as always, here to help me break down this game, all the games, the Prime Minister of Degenerate Nation, my guy, Stuck. What's going on? Hey, what's going on, brother? Excited to get into this card. Excited that I don't have to uh, come on here and face the music after uh, a Ravens loss. Uh, so Ravens win, so I'm feeling good after last week. One of the advantages that the Ravens always have, just keep this in mind for the playoffs, is like they, they run a unique offense, right? It's the most unique offense in the NFL. So when they play a team for the first time, it's unfamiliar. And, you know, the Patriots, they have their strength as their corners and they can defend the pass offense. When you play the Ravens for a second time, and we saw with the Chargers last year, they played the Chargers in the regular season, then they played in the playoffs, they made some adjustments, and they shut down the Ravens' running game. You know, Lamar Jackson was also very nervous. It was his first, first playoff game ever, blah, blah, blah. But still, keep that in mind for the defensive genius that is Bill Belichick and the Patriots staff. If they meet again in the playoffs, as a Ravens fan, you know, it was great to get that win. But I know that if they do meet in the playoffs, that game is going to benefit the Patriots a lot. Absolutely. And speaking of good things for two teams, you know, Chargers and Raiders, I think still alive in this AFC playoff hunt, you know, four and four for the Raiders, four and five for the Chargers. But uh, this is becoming an important game somewhat, uh, considering that you still have to count on the Kansas City Chiefs to to take hold of that division. So, you know, Chargers, the short favorite on the road, uh, in interstate, but on the road, at, not really ever at home anyway. Uh, how do you feel about this one, Stuck? It's an interesting game. You know, these two teams, they're in the playoff race right now. And one of the reasons is because Patrick Mahomes got hurt. So, you know, it made the division race closer. But the, the Chiefs pulling out that win and now getting Mahomes back, that division should be theirs, you know, barring any other injuries. But – you know, they're still both right there in the play in the wild card race. I mean, right now the, the two wild cards are the Bills and the Colts. You know, then you have the Steelers, Raiders, Jags, and Titans, and Chargers all mixed up. I mean, they can easily beat out that group. It's a toss-up between a lot of those teams. So there's gonna be, you know, two very average teams probably that take this the final two spots in the AFC playoff race. So it's obviously an important game, and then also for tiebreakers. 
I do lean the over. If I just on the surface, I think I bet the Raiders over the last three weeks because their offense is good. I think their top five DVOA rush and pass offense. It starts their offensive line, but Josh Jacobs is amazing, and you know they have two good, they have a solid receiver. They have a solid tight end, and they're just getting protection. And their offensive line is solid. Now, of along those lines, Trent Brown, Rodney Hudson, who are two of their better offensive linemen, are questionable. Now they came to practice today. Their, their final practice report, they were questionable. But if you're missing both of those guys, it, it might be a little tougher. Having said that, their offense is really good. Their defense is terrible, though. And now they lost Arden Key. You know, they have no pass rush to speak of. They, their corners are terrible. So that's why I always like their overs. Now, I generally hate overs on Thursday night. There's just sloppy play and injuries pop up and who knows who's going to play. But the Raiders, to me, right now, the market hasn't adjusted enough to their offense being pretty good. And their defense is just – it is a dream for opposing offenses to play. In the NFL, if you're not getting – if you can't get pressure and you don't have covers in the corner, I mean, you're going to move the ball. And then on the other side of the ball, the Chargers – you know, I was on them last week against the Packers. And this is – it's one of those things. They start one and four, and now that, then they're going to win like seven of eight. And then they're going to need to win like one of the last two to get in. The River's going to have the ball at the one-yard line. He has to go 99 yards to get into the playoffs with like – 18 seconds to go. It's just who the Chargers are. But they're playing a lot better now. You know, the Okun helps on the offensive line. You saw last week that Gordon is starting to get up to speed. You know, he missed all preseason. You know, he missed off camp preseason. You know, the first couple games, you know, he's had four games under his belt. Um, you know, so they're going to be able to move the ball at, on the Raiders' defense. I mean, most, most teams can. And I think with Gordon getting up to speed using Eckler, um, you know, it, it's – it's a solid offense that's going to be able to move up. They have their own questions on defense, but I will say they, a lot of it is because of injuries. A lot of injuries are all over the board. The replacement players that are in there now, you know, specifically in the, at, at corner, some at linebackers, safety, all over the place, they're playing a lot better. Uh, you know, they might get some defensive tackles back. It looks like Mebane and Jones, which will help against the Raiders. This just feels like it's the Chargers' time. Um, so I lean Chargers. I lean the over. I may end up playing the Chargers. I want to see if I can get any more intel on Brown and Hudson. I don't think I'll be able to. But I think the Chargers, this is the time they just turn it on. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, at the end of the day, I think you would have to say the Chargers are the better team. They're one-point favorites, so it's not like you're giving up. You're laying much there. Thursday night favorites. Uh, tends to be a good spot just because the better team uh, tends to have an even bigger advantage most of the time on, on the shorter weeks. So. Yeah, I think I lean the Chargers, too. Probably will be a, a higher-scoring game. But, again, I, I'm with you, too, on, the, on just these Thursday night overs. I mean, you never know what you're going to expect. We kind of see – we kind of saw it. It's that time of the season when teams are just starting to no-show and, and lay these huge eggs. So, I, I could see it going either way with the over-under. As we do every week, we're going to conclude the Thursday night football breakdown with the coaches' pep talk. And this week's pep talk comes to us from Police Chief Grady from the – 2001 film Super Troopers, and we're going to dedicate this one to the Los Angeles Chargers because uh, if they lose this game, they would be two down to Oakland in the loss column in a division and, and in a playoff race that's still up for grabs. So I think the Chargers are the team that, that needs to come out with a little more desperation here. Desperation is a stinky cologne. All right, stuck time for the main event, the Sunday six-pack. Let's get to it. Thirsty for action? Let's crack open the Sunday six-pack. 
All right. Last week, uh, bad week for me betting. I mean, I just like teams just no showed for me. Steelers barely covered, but you're up by one point, 26, 25 for my number one pick. You know, I'm kind of torn between two of the picks that I have, but I think that I'm going to go with what, you know, right now looks like a pretty fail safe strategy, which you kind of alluded to a couple of weeks ago, but I'm going to bet against Mitch Trubisky because Listen, I think the Bears are going to be able to run the ball with David Montgomery. We saw Oakland do it last week, but this is another situation where I think the Lions are the better team. I think it'll be a lower scoring game probably, but give me the team with the better offense. Give me the team with the better kicker in one of these lower scoring windy games. You know, Chicago's defense hasn't been quite up to the level that we've seen and their offense is just, it's, it's, it's in disarray. You know, you know, they didn't win that game against the Chargers, you know, if they can't muster more than 16, 17 points uh, with this offense, you know, even as good as that defense is or as talented as it is, you're not going to be able to win many football games. Now, Detroit is an explosive offense, probably not, will not be as explosive in this game. But at the end of the day, if these teams, it's, a, it's kind of a coin flip game, as you can see by the, the spread. And if it comes down to, okay, we need to pick up a, a first down on third down, make a convert, get into field goal range, make a field goal, uh, all of these things favor Detroit. So, you know, the, the one thing that favors Chicago is the run game. But as we know, run game just not as correlated to final point differential uh, as a lot of these other factors. Now, one thing to keep in mind is the, the, the injury report differential in this game it's pretty massive. And I've said this before on previous episodes, you know, we record this on Wednesday night, yeah. and, you know, so Tough. Thursday, the injury report is a little more reliable than what you're going to get on Wednesday. And the bears pretty much have no injuries. You know, Eddie Goldman, which they, he would miss if he doesn't play, he didn't practice today, but that's pretty much it. And you're right. The defense isn't playing as well. They, they do miss Hakeem Hicks, I think a lot up front. Um, but the, the Lions injury report is long. I mean, their punter didn't practice today. Sam Martin, Deshaun Hand didn't practice. Tracy Walker yeah. uh, was a really good safety, and they already traded Diggs. He didn't practice. You know, Stafford popped up on there with a, a new back injury. I'm assuming he doesn't miss games anymore. Nothing. The thing about the Lions is, in, yeah, their injury report is always massive. But, I mean, even last week, like, they ultimately ended up losing to the Raiders. Not Pretty poor play call, I think, at the end of that game. But, you know, they were in that game, and – they could have easily tied the game up at the end. Like they've been playing without with most of these guys out for a while on defense for a while now. Uh, and that's, that's kind of why I like them because I think that their weaknesses are their main weakness is really on defense. And when you're going against the bears, it's like, okay, maybe you give up a couple of chunk plays to Montgomery or, you know, if, if cause that's really all the bears are, are going to do at this point, the bears are going to try to score 17 to 20 points and hope that their defense holds the other team under. And I don't, I, I just don't like those odds when you have Mitch Trubisky going up against Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford usually takes care of business against the, the bad teams and he loses to the good teams. And right now the bears are a bad team. And this is maybe the arguably the worst passing offense in the NFL. So, you know, even if Walker is out after they traded Diggs, you know, you saw last week Carr and company take advantage uh, of, you know, the line second. And they also were running it, they, but they just have – the Raiders have such a more explosive passing attack and running game than the Bears that I don't think it necessarily matters as much that the Lions might have, you know, some injuries at, at safety. You know, they, their linebackers are pretty weak. So I don't think it matters that much. You know, you, you should have Slay back to cover Robinson. And, look – 
that Burton's not going to beat you at tight end and the, the Bears offensive line is terrible. You just trust the Lions position players probably to make more plays in, in this game, which should be uglier. Uh, it's an ugly <laughs> overall NFL card, and oh. you'll be able to tell that uh, by my first pick, my top pick, which is the Bengals. This what? Is, against the was, Ravens? I've only told people about the Ravens three times here, against the Chiefs, Hawks, and Patriots. And uh, so I generally have a good unbiased read on them. Someone was tweeting, Ravel tweeted something about my page, my Ravens call. And then someone was like, you're, yeah, he just said that because he's a homer. And it was literally like three oh. minutes. After, it was literally three minutes Ow. after I put a Bengals bet in on the app. Um, we so, talked about this last week too. It's like, you, you know how this back and forth goes by now. Like most weeks, like if you're ever betting against the Patriots and it's like, you know, I'm like, okay, you probably shouldn't. And last week I said it, I was like, you know, I think that's a good call. I think you're spot on with that. And yeah, that, like we know you're not a homer. People are on Twitter are silly. Look, so uh, there is, you know, for you trend players, teams that beat the Patriots, they're in their, after beating the Patriots in their next game, that open up as a seven point or higher favorite or 0-8 against the spread in the last 15 years. Um, and by the way, the, the last time the Ravens were double-digit favorite on the road, 2011, it was Joe Flacco versus Blaine Gabbert and the Jacksonville Jaguars, and the Jags won outright 12-7 with four field goals. Speaking Don't of field ever goals, say those names again, please. <laughs> speaking Why? of field goals, the Ravens generally have a special teams advantage in almost every game against anyone. The Bengals – Per football outsiders, you look at their ranking by a lot of advanced metrics, have the number one special teams unit in the NFL. The Ravens actually took a, a drop back because they muffed the punt and, you know, Tucker missed an extra point last week. But the Bengals have actually been really good. Like, fat Randy Bullock's been good at kicking their kick return unit. And the Ravens fans should know this because last time the Ravens and Bengals played, the Bengals were catching 10 and a half, 11 in Baltimore, by the way, catching 11 here. They returned a kick, opening kick for a touchdown, the Bengals, and that ultimately helped them cover. The Bengals are bad. No one is going to say that they're not, but this, there's no more. Let's, get the, let's go through three things here. One is the spot, right? So the Ravens are coming off that huge emotional win over the Patriots. You know, so maybe they, and now they're going to an 0 and 8 Cincy team that they already beat this year. So maybe they come out a little flat. And all that means is Cincy can get you know, break a touchdown on a miscommunication or missed tackle early, and then all of a sudden you're spotted seven points. Or maybe, you know, they fumble or there's a, a misread on the offense. That's all that means from a flat perspective. At the end of the day, the Ravens are 6-2, and two, and once this game gets going, they're going to – they're not, not going to try or just sleep on the sides all the time. But that's what I mean when a team comes out flat. You can maybe catch them for a, a touchdown or they make a sloppy mistake, and, you know, that can go a long way in covering. But the Bengals are also off of a bye. The biggest thing in, in that aspect is – one, they're getting a lot healthier, especially on defense. So their linebackers are terrible, which has to worry you in this matchup against the Ravens' rush attack. Yeah, probably a get-right spot for Mark Andrews, too. Like, uh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Their tight ends – I mean, their linebackers – Or, yeah, or Boyle or Hurst. Anybody. Some one of them. <laughs> no matter how you slice it, the Bengals' linebackers are terrible. Now, hopefully Kirkpatrick also comes back for the Bengals for our bet. Uh, but along the defensive line, they're getting healthier. Uh, the offensive line, they're getting healthier. And then they should – but again, I put this better in early in the week. They should get A.G. Green back. We need to practice today. So, I don't know. If the Bengals are truly tanking, maybe they just sit him out. They are tanking. Well, A.J. Green, like, this is my – you know, so there's this whole debate in fantasy. Like, oh, should you take A.J. Green in, like, the fourth or fifth round and, like, stash him? And I'm like, no, like this guy, like what are the odds that even if he comes back in like week six or whatever, that he even lasts? I mean, this guy, this is not a good spot for him, even if he plays, to be honest with you. Like, well, I, don't I think will that... tell you, and I would agree with you usually, yeah. that I will tell you, and this is just voodoo Ravens fan stuff. He, AJ Green is a nurse Ravens killer. 
with Andy sure, Dalton. But we also <laughs> the thing with the buy. The other thing with the buy is you have Ryan Finley, who's efficient uh, in college at NC State, who you know, and two weeks to prepare. Maybe they throw in a few other wrinkles, and the Ravens don't really have a lot of film on what the Bengals want to do. So, you know, maybe you'll get a few wrinkles here because I do think that the Bengals, while they are tanking, they're still competing. I mean, the market just thinks they're so much worse than they are. I mean, they lost to the Seahawks by one, you know, the Bills by four, the Ravens by six. Like, mm-hmm. So they're in these games, and they've had so many injuries. So they're going to be a lot healthier now. This is These teams don't like each other. It's a division game. I think the Bengals will show up. The Ravens might be a little flat. The Bengals special teams have been pretty good. They're healthier. I do think the Ravens will be able to move the ball. I just think it's too many points. So 10, 10 and a half. I think the Ravens are going to get a scare here, just knowing my team after that win. And uh, I think you'll see a few wrinkles uh, from the Bengals, and uh, they keep it close. So I'm rolling with the Bengals plus 10, 10 and a half. Yeah, and we should kind of point out that I think a, lot, a question in a lot of people's minds will be, okay, the Patriots, pretty much the best team in football. The Ravens beat them by, well, it was double digits. Yeah, double digits. So how can you bet on, you know, uh, for them not to essentially win by double digits against one of the worst teams in football? And you know, just to, just to point out that, like, what you're, what you're saying, it's all about the spot. Like, these are human beings. Uh, the better team is not going to always win or, or win by the amount of points they should. And that's – there is part – you know, it is an art. There is an art in, in, in this thing. It's not just, okay, we're going to kind of go with exactly what we think uh, this, just the final score would be or whatever. Like, to your point, Lamar Jackson, 5-1 and one against the spread as an underdog, uh, including last week's, uh, you know, win over the Patriots, 2-7 and seven against the spread as a favorite. So that just that, that goes right into uh, your point there. So I, yeah, I think people that- say Ryan Finley, and look, even if he doesn't end up being a good NFL quarterback this year, just look at this year. A lot of times when these guys come in for their first couple games before teams get a book on them, and then they have some new wrinkles on offense. We've had so many brand new quarterbacks that probably aren't going to be long-lasting franchise quarterbacks, and they come in and have against the spread success. You know, even last week, Brandon Allen, I know you don't want to hear about your Browns. Oh, oh. Gardner Minshew. So people are like, you know, it's a rookie quarterback or it's his first time starting. Off of a bye, I think they're going to keep it simple for him. Um, You know, you can run a little bit up the middle on the Ravens. So I I think that they're going to be able to move the ball a little bit. But don't not bet this just because, you know, it's Ryan Finley. Just look back at all of the quarterback, Kyle Allen, all the success that he had initially. Now he's starting to fade away. But those first couple games when there's like the unknown factor, it can work in favor of the young quarterback, you know, and also the market, I think, is undervaluing them because it's, hey, a brand new name and who wants to bet Ryan Finley? Well, here it is. So that's where I'm going with my first pick. Yeah, no, I think that's, that, that's on point. Uh, for my second pick, I am going with – the Minnesota Vikings plus three at the Dallas Cowboys Sunday night football. Now I know everyone's going to say, Oh, Kirk cousins in prime time. But I mean, like, first of all, part of it was just being a Washington Redskin. I think uh, another part of it is at the end of the day, if you want to talk trends, I mean, sure. Cousins has had his struggles in, in a small sample size in prime time uh, in a much larger sample size, Jason Garrett struggling and his team struggling to cover in these spots as a home favorite. Uh, he's just 39% against the spread. Uh, against winning teams, uh, barely over 40%. Mike Zimmer, when his team is a road uh, underdog, they cover at a 59% clip. So Kirk Cousins, you know, in primetime isn't the only trend at play here. But beyond that, I just think, you know, and the numbers kind of back it up. If you look at uh, the weighted DVOA, both Dallas and Minnesota in the four through six range, which essentially means uh, they're playing efficient football on both sides. I'm not knocking Minnesota for that loss to the Chiefs because the Chiefs, 
they're also a top five team in DVOA, and they've, there was really no drop-off. Maybe not quite the high-end ceiling that the Chiefs had, but not much drop-off in terms of overall efficiency going to Matt Moore. He wasn't out there, you know, throwing, you know, committing tons of turnovers or failing to get the ball to Hill and Kelsey and all that. So um, that was a, just a really good Kansas City team that they lost to. And uh, I think that Dallas, not quite as good as that. We saw Dallas struggle, and, you know, now they have a shorter week, but we saw them struggle uh, in that Giants game. And I just – the Giants really had a lot of opportunities uh, for that game to have turned out a lot different. There were some coaching errors, uh, you know, on the Giants' side. There was – Some black cats. Uh, oh, my God. That was probably the, my favorite moment of the NFL season. I have a black cat, by the way. I love black cats, so I was very excited. <laughs> Did you hear the Kevin Harlan talk? Oh, yeah, talk? It was classic, classic. Oh, my yeah, – if you guys haven't heard, uh, just Google the Kevin Harlan on the radio. It was amazing, but – yeah, you know, the Giants turned the ball over three times. They went one, one of five in the red zone. They gave the Cowboys the ball, you know, near the half when, you know, there were just, there were just a lot of bad decisions, I think, on the Giants' side that kind of outweighed a pretty flat Cowboys team coming off a bye, which usually, you know, favorites off a bye, they cover. And yep. Dallas did cover, but um, I think you kind of saw them coming out flat, which, again, speaks to just Jason Garrett is not the best coach to kind of get his guys revved up. I think – you know, the, the Vikings still in the thick of things, uh, as are the Cowboys. Uh, and, and, and the Vikings coming off a loss is, is actually gives them the edge as far as the motivation and, and, and the coaching staff. And, and so, you know, in, in a toss-up game, I think both of these teams are going to feed their running backs. Uh, you know, obviously it would help more if Thielen was in. But uh, at this point, the Vi- it's not like the Vikings are just going to throw the ball around the yard. I think the Cowboys defense uh, is one of those defenses that it's, it's pretty good, but you can kind of move the ball. This is another game. I just think it's it's a coin flip. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Minnesota won. So I, you know, might maybe look at the money line, but uh, I am going with the Vikings plus three in prime time. Kirk Cousins got to regress sometime. Yeah, I mean, the Kirk Cousins stuff is fun to me, but it's I mean, like, look, he's I think a couple of weeks ago he was like thirty three and sixteen and one against the spread at one o'clock starts and then like six and eleven after. But like the six and eleven at seventeen games, it's not like he has to wake up at a certain time and if he doesn't, he's bad. Like most of them and, and most of them came in Washington. Like yeah, anytime you have any kind of trends with Washington, you always have to because like that that whole organization, you know, you can't put too much weight into that. So yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. It's uh very, very just just randomness. But the what the couple things that you brought up that do scare me about the Vikings here, I mean this should be a, a really good game. It's gonna go a long way in the NFC playoff picture is, you know, with Thielen being out, it just, it makes their offense much less dynamic because you could focus more on digs, obviously. But on the other side of the ball, you know, it's, and, and I want to also see if Vander plays for the Cowboys. He should be coming back soon. He's made of glass, but and on the other side of the ball, the Cowboys offensive line now being healthier, so much of what the Vikings do, you know, they're top of the league in adjusted sack rate. They get tons of pressure, mainly because, you know, they'll scheme up some pressure and, you know, they'll scheme up some complex pressure but they also just have Griffin and Hunter coming off the edge, and they've been one of the best duos as far as edge pressure in the NFL. But now they're going off up against one of the best tackle tandems in the NFL. So if they're if the Cowboys are able to give Dak time and you know maybe and get some have some success running it up the middle, I want to see how the Vikings corners hold up because Xavier Rhodes' his numbers are just falling off of a cliff. Trey Wayne's hasn't been great. But they're able to compensate for it because they have great safeties and they get a ton of pressure. So this is more big picture too. But if the Vikings aren't able to get pressure, and they're going to be able to do so against most teams, but the Cowboys do have one of the better offensive lines in the NFL. So if they're not able to get pressure, it could be a long day for both corners. So I think that might be the key to the game. All right, for my second pick, look, I told you it's going to get ugly. 
and uh, it's only going to get uglier. I guess I am the uh, goat this week, and when I say goat, I don't mean uh, greatest of all time. I mean that maybe I should say the donkey that has the Browns. I feel like one of us every week has the Browns. <laughs> oh man, we, never, take, we take turns losing they money. They never cover, so I guess it's my turn to take the Browns against the Bills. And look, it's not a play on the Browns, but it's mostly a fade of the Bills. And I think the Bills are just overvalued in the market right now. They've played nobody. The two teams that played the Patriots and Eagles, they lost. They lost to. They have six wins. Their strength of victory is .178. That means their winning percentage of all six teams that they beat is combined 17%. They've played absolutely nobody at all. And, you know, their offense, they still can't throw the ball downfield. Their rush offense is, you know, eh. And they're playing, you know, on defense, they don't let up anything deep. Their pass defense is really good. You know, even if you adjust for the bad quarterbacks they faced, you know, Brady couldn't do anything against them. And, you know, but there was wind against the Eagles. They couldn't throw. But their run defense is very, very worrisome. Vulnerable. Very. Like, Adrian Peterson, it was like this five-play stretch last week where Adrian Peterson got like 80 yards. Yeah. The Eagles, who have not had the best rush offense this year, ran all over them. Everyone. You name it. Sanders. Wentz. Anyone in Howard, they all ran all over the Bills. The Bills DVOA 30th. That defense 30th uh, against the run on the year. And who has one of the best rushing offenses in the NFL? That's the Browns. And look, you could say Kitchens is going to mess it up, which is always a fair, <laughs> a fair statement to make. What he did in New England in a windy game against a team that has a great pass defense and a vulnerable run defense is he at least said, Nick Chubb, you're going to beat the Patriots. And without dropping the ball, literally and figuratively, the Browns maybe could have without all the turnovers. So I think you're going to see a heavy dose of Nick Chubb. And, but guess what? Kareem Hunt's also back. So who knows how, you know, I don't know how much many carries will get in this first week back, but maybe some plays out of the backfield, uh, you know, in the passing game. But I think it's just going to be heavy Nick Chubb here. There could be snow. It doesn't look like it as of now. They were calling for it earlier the week. But there's definitely going to be wind. 15, 20 miles per hour. You know, the Bills can't throw it downfield to begin with. Now with the wind, I think it's, hey, who do I trust more? Nick Chubb against his bad Bills run defense or the Bills backs who are okay. But nah, Devin Singletary is pretty good. I mean, like I, Frank Gore, okay, he's, he got stuffed three times at the goal line. Uh, Singletary, Singletary I think is going to be good. But I would rather have Hunt and, uh, you know, wherever Hunt is. But I'd just rather have Chubb yeah. all day against his vulnerable Bills D. So that's where I'm going with it. I don't – I hope that the – Kitchens may find a way to mess it up. Mayfield has been awful. His numbers uh, against, and this shows you all you need to know about how bad Baker Mayfield's been this year. His numbers, according to NFL research this year, he is the worst quarterback in the NFL. His rating when not being pressured, 75.1, six touchdowns, 10 picks with no pressure. You know, the second worst is like Mitch Trubisky has 10 touchdowns in one pick when not being pressured because he's not being pressured in the NFL. Baker Mayfield has six touchdowns and 10 picks. You know, Dalton is the second worst rating-wise. He has eight touchdowns and five picks. But I don't think it's going to matter. I don't think you're going to see much passing. Otherwise, maybe he could throw up a couple bombs and, and hit some to their receivers on the outside. But just give me Chubb against this vulnerable Bills defense, that not enough run defense, I should say, that not enough people are talking about in the wind, maybe precipitation snow. I'm taking the Browns against an, uh, an overvalued Bills team. They're just not that good people. If you look at just their total DVOA ratings, they're like neck and neck. You know, yep. this is not a big mismatch. If the Browns fail to cover, I feel like we need a whole special edition podcast where we're just drafting like a whole six pack of ways the Browns could screw up and like discussing like 
is, is, is Odell Beckham truly a cancer? Because Baker Mayfield was very good last year throwing a Higgins and Callaway and uh, who, Brashad Perriman. Like, he was good. He was good. Now he's got Beckham. The Giants and- are going to end up with more wins than the Browns after all the preseason hate. Oh, my God. It, yo, here's a, here's a question, though. All right. So you, you like Cleveland this week. So, so Unfortunately. probably the, the market is more likely to get positive on them. They're pretty down right now. Uh, Pittsburgh is a three-point underdog uh, at Cleveland in week 11 on, on Thursday night football. Would you, would you uh, bet that now? Because I, uh, Pittsburgh, uh, that is. I would probably lean Pitt, but again, because it's Thursday night football, I'd probably end up staying away from that game. But I, you know, what, it, what it comes down to to me is the, and the Pitt offense, you know, they, they, he's gonna, Rudolph's going to throw it to what, Samuel, 77 times? But he can do that against the Browns. The Browns can't cover uh, opposing backs. Their linebackers are terrible. But I may be on Pitt this weekend. Their defense is playing so much better since Minka got there. So I think that they're a little undervalued in the market. Um, but I also think the Browns are a little undervalued. But maybe Mayfield, this is who he is now. And maybe Kitchens is as bad as we all think. And I think he's bad. Maybe he's even worse. And they just keep messing up. They're, this is like old Browns things. This is Ben McAdoo. Like the way he ruined Odell Beckham with the Giants. And like he was known as like an offensive guru. Uh, the whole thing with him was that he was essentially bad at juggling all of the responsibilities that came with being a coach. Like he was just good at, you know, scheming offense. And I think that's what's happened to Freddie Kitchens. All these lapses and poor decisions in a variety of situations uh, in, of different game situations. And that just shows that there's like he, he doesn't have enough time in the day probably to prepare. Uh, the way he needs to and prepare his team. The way yeah, I mean, it's amazing that the Browns, you said before the year that the Browns' rush offense would be as good as it's been. You'd be like, all right, the Browns are probably doing well with, with Mayfield and all of their weapons. And They miss Mayfield. They miss well. Baker Mayfield. They miss Odell Beckham. Yeah, they miss those two guys. That's who they miss because those yep. guys have no show. All right, where are you going oh. next? Hopefully it's not as gross as me. Oh, man. I mean, the last time I picked him, it was gross. Uh, but I'm going back to the well because the same thing rings true. Carolina plus five. Uh, going to Green Bay, I just think that the Carolina Panthers are one of the better teams in the NFC. Clearly not in the class of the um, San Francisco 49ers, as we learned. But the Green Bay Packers, you mentioned it, I think, last week. They've been getting kind of lucky. Uh, uh, last week, they completely laid an egg. So I do think they'll be better this week. But I don't think they're a significantly better team than the Carolina Panthers. Uh, the Green Bay defense, you know, since week four, bottom three in you know, most efficiency metrics uh, after, after the hot start. It's Aaron Rodgers, and, it, you know, they're going to have to rely on those, those backs and, you know, Devontae Adams. But I think the Panthers are a more, more well-rounded team. Uh, they're one of the best pass defenses in the NFL, which always helps when you're going uh, on the road to face a good quarterback. And Christian McCaffrey can just change games, and he, like, he's a kind of high variance. Just like sometimes, you know, Jameis Winston, uh, as an underdog, you want the, the high variance because it gives you some value. Like, Christian McCaffrey is just one of those guys that – he could just change a game in a couple of plays and totally ruin uh, the spread. And Green Bay's had some trouble uh, covering these games lately. They've been in some, some closer games. And I, I just think that the Carolina Panthers are one of the, you know, right in that same tier with Green Bay. And because, you know, I think that that loss, to, the big loss to San Francisco is kind of inflating their point differential. And it's inflating all these kind of metrics where otherwise uh, they've been pretty much lights out this year with Kyle Allen. Like once Cam Newton went, you know, to that bench, uh, Kyle Allen really has had one poor game uh, against uh, San Francisco, who's pretty much the best team in the league right now. And yep. uh, outside of that, it's been lights out pass defense. It's been Christian McCaffrey playing like an MVP. So, and, and, and Ron Rivera usually 
uh, didn't, didn't work out against San Francisco, but still two and one against the spread this year uh, as a road underdog, 24 and 15 for his career. So uh, he's not a guy that you expect uh, a team to kind of go on the road and just get uh, blown out of the building. So give me the Panthers plus five. Yeah, I don't necessarily disagree with you here. Um, I still have to dig a little more into this game. Um, I will say that, you know, if you think, if you look at the Packers, who I was saying last week, and they're my only future, and I still love their past defense. Um, I think that, you know, with the, as their corners get better each and every game, you, know, you take someone like Jair Alexander, he played bail corner at Louisville, which means he wasn't facing the receivers. He was just bailing out. So he's still learning how to be a good corner, and he looks like he's going to be one. I still love their safeties. I still love their, their edge rush. But their run defense in particular um, is extremely poor. Now, the interesting part about this game is that so is the Panthers. So yeah, you have that's you know, weakness. capable rush offenses versus two uh, poor run defenses. Uh, you know, I think actually it's probably going to come down to which team can uh, you know, score probably more in the red zone. I, mean, I think both teams are going to be able to move the ball especially on the ground. But that's the biggest concern for Green Bay is what are they going to do about their run defense? They're getting this pressure off the edge. Um, and I, I ultimately do trust their secondary, um, you know, especially later in the year, where I think they're going to be. And that's one of the reasons why I took a future on them. With, you know, and then obviously you have Rodgers and you know, those weapons on offense. But the run defense is a real question, specifically at, up the middle. Um, you know, they missed Mike Daniels. He was always hurt. and He still is hurt now. Um, but they miss him. Their linebackers have been – poor just everything against the run so yeah McCaffrey should have a big day Jones could also have a big day so yeah I, I can't hate you for taking the points here if you look at San Fran and Green Bay in full if you put those two teams next to each other or if you just do an eye test and you say okay who which team is better clearly right now things could change but San Fran is the clearly superior team and this is right around the same number that the Panthers were catching in San Fran that they're catching now right. in Green Bay yeah, if it was three, I'd probably just stay away. But at this, it's a kind of the dead zone. I think there's a little value here on Carolina. Probably down to four, four and a half. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that the Packers probably, I'm glad they for my future that they don't, but the Packers probably should have another loss or two. And, you know, they would, at that, in that case, they, these teams could easily both be, you know, be five win teams and you, this line probably wouldn't be as high as it was now. But the Packers getting fortunate, you know, and also with injuries and who they faced things of that nature. I think they're a little overvalued in the market. Um, all right, let's keep it extremely ugly and finish off with my third pick. Let's, the, my three picks this week are 0-8, 2-6. So that's 2-14. And, and my next pick is 1-7. So my three picks are combined 3-21. and 21. This should go swimmingly. Um, ugh, when I say it like that, I probably would have changed um, one of my picks. But here we are. I'm going with the Falcons plus 13 against the Saints. The Saints cover every week, so you should just hit mute now or hit the you know fast forward button on the app. Doesn't matter what I say because the Saints are just they cover every week. I, this is just too many points for me. Not much for me to say here. I mean, True Font is back for the Falcons at corner, which should help maybe a little bit. It's not like anyone can cover Thomas anyway. But you know, this is still Matt Ryan is back. It's still Hooper. You know, it's still Julio Jones. It's still Calvin Ridley. So even if they're getting blown out and down 17, 20 late, huge backdoor ability here. Um, but this is just – it's just way too many points. It, I make it 10, so I'm getting 13. And this isn't rocket science here with me. If you're catching double digits in the NFL – I'm always going to look at you right away. That's the first thing that will jump out of the page. Now, if you're a team like the Dolphins, I can easily dismiss you. 
And, you know, these really, really bad teams. Now, the Falcons, they, they, their defense has been so bad. It, there's a lot of things not to like about them. But the talent is undeniable. I have to take the Falcons here, um, catching 13 points. I'm not going to uh, – I could go into different matchups and such. But I could even go into the special teams where the Saints are pretty good and the Falcons are dead last in the NFL. Um, so some of the matchups are so ugly. But give me this offense catching 13 points in New Orleans um, and watch my money burn. Yeah, I mean, I, I could easily see a 34-31 Saints, like, narrow victory Falcons coming off the bye. And by the way, they actually did cover in that game against the Seahawks. And, you know, the Seahawks have a way of just ruining everyone's uh, money as well. So the fact that the Falcons were able to backdoor that game, I, I think there's definitely Look, Schaub threw for 400 in that game with his weapons. You could throw for 200. I could throw for, like, 150. I, I don't have an arm. You know, they're just these all these weapons on offense. Um, and what, Matt Ryan in New Orleans last year, he was in a similar spot. They were catching, I think, like 12, and I played them. They lost by 14, but, I mean, they outgained the Saints. I think Ryan threw for like 400 yards. Julio had like 12 catches for 167 yards or something silly. So there's just way too much talent catching 13 in the NFL, and it does not take much for me to bet a team catching double-digits in the NFL when they have actual talent. Yeah, and this is one of those spots where you have like a, a bad team against the spread, fat like 30% or less, going against a, a team that's 50% or better, which I think like a casual better will always lean that way. Yeah, uh, but it turns out that the worst team against the spread uh, has actually covered at a 62% rate per bet labs, uh, you know, going back to, to 2003. So it's, it is one of those spots. The only fun, the hilarious thing, the, the Falcons are one in one in eight against the spread their last eight times when uh, they've been more than a, th- a three point or more underdog. So it's, it's kind of one of those things where if there's anyone that's going to screw this up, it's the Falcons uh, well, yep. or, or the Browns, but um, I'm with you. It's too many points for, for an explosive offense that could easily get one in weight. All right, so there you have it, our Sunday six-pack. Stuck has Bengals plus 10, Browns minus 3, Falcons plus 13, and I have the Vikings plus 3, the Lions plus 2.5, and, and the Carolina Panthers plus 5. Hope you're enjoying this great Action Network podcast. I want to make sure you know about the Locked On Podcast Network. Locked On has a daily podcast on your favorite team. Welcome to you, Locked On 49ers. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. Welcome, everybody, to the Locked On Lakers podcast. Let's go. Locked On podcasts are hosted by the local experts who know your team better than anyone and give you the inside scoop. So go to your podcast app and search Locked On, your favorite team. Subscribe to your Locked On podcast. Now let's get right into our favorite over-under of the week. Kind of mentioned it earlier, a bit of an ugly slate, but there's usually some totals on, on these kind of things, even if we don't love a, a lot of the, the against the spread picks. So uh, start us off. The Chargers-Raiders, I know that the one thing that it gives me pause, I didn't mention this on the Thursday night game, is that the Chargers are a snail. They play so slow. That is one thing I hate about betting their overs. Um, but if that was on Sunday I, and not Thursday night football, that probably would have been my favorite total. But I, I'm going to go with another over here. I know, and I'm generally an under player in the NFL, um, but I'm going with Arizona, Tampa Bay over 52. Look, Arizona's the fastest team in the NFL. Tampa Bay should they have all those weapons. Jameis will probably give away seven points. The Arizona defense is nothing to write home about. Tampa Bay, anyone could throw on them. Can't really run on them. You're going to have Kyler Murray running all over, throwing all over them. Um, this game just screams points. It's also between like two teams that are just pretty much out of it. You might see some crazy trick plays here and just some bombs down the field to Evans. And I mean, like there's just so much talent all around the field. And I think it's going to be played fast. There's going to be a lot of explosive plays. So give me over 52. Yeah, this, this screams shootout. 
you know, especially after Arizona was able to hit the over in, a, in that game against the San Francisco defense on a Thursday, which is usually when you'd expect kind of sloppier, lower scoring play. So, yeah, yeah I'm with you there. And I, I think this uh, a game that will be the exact opposite uh, the game we talked about earlier, Detroit at Chicago, uh, already mentioned the Bears struggling to to move the ball, uh, probably are going to want to run the ball in this one. Detroit has struggled against the run a bit. And on the other side, I think, you know, Detroit has the edge in the pass game, but it's much less of an edge than they've had uh, these last or, or, you know, just much less explosiveness potential than they've had these last couple of weeks against the Giants and the Raiders. The Chicago Bears uh, have only given up three touchdowns all season to opposing wide receivers. They, you know, they'll make Matthew Stafford kind of dink and dunk it a little more, go over the middle, uh, you know, go to the tight ends. It'll be one of those kind of games. You know, Daryl Bevel ha- has said he'll kind of switch it up and, and match to what the opponent does. So in these last couple of games, they've had the edge, you know, uh, outside, outside the numbers, and they've exploited that. But in this game, I think they'll play a, a different way. They have that, those uh, Jesse James, uh, Hawkinson, and, and Logan Thomas. They, so they have three tight ends that they use quite a bit. And uh, I think they'll play that kind of game. And Matt Nagy will do the same on the other side. Plus, we have the win factor. As of now, we're recording this again Wednesday night, so it could change, but looks like uh, well over 10-mile-per-hour wins here and under hits at a 56% clip in those situations. Uh, hit last week in that Buffalo game. Not that that wasn't expected anyway, but, yeah, going with the under 41.5. And, and that's on the close, too, so a lot of times those will drop. And, yeah, you know, if you get it even earlier, it's, the percentage would be higher. Absolutely. So, yeah, so you got Tampa Bay, Arizona, over 51.5. I have Lions-Bears under – 41 and a half. Now let's get into our weekly teaser segment. Oh, yeah. Six point teasers. All right. So, for those unfamiliar, a teaser is just when you get six extra points uh, against the spread. You can pick uh, two or more teams. A standard two point teaser is what we do here. So, we each pick two teams and uh, you get a little, a little bit of a lesser payout than you would otherwise if you bet them independently. But uh, it's, a, it's a nice way to kind of have some fun and mix it up. So, Stuck, uh, let's go first. Who you got uh, for your, your two teasers this week? Yeah, I mentioned this on many other podcasts before, but the, you know, the so-called classic Wong teaser, which is when you can tease through three and seven, you actually have an edge over the books. Historically, you know, if you just look at the win probability, uh, the historical win probability of those teams covering the tease and what you need to break even on a six-point tease, around 72.5%. You clear that if you can tease just through the three and seven without even considering anything else. And if it's a lower scoring game, then you you know you're increasing your chances even more because six points means more in a game with a total of forty than it would in a game with a total of fifty. But we have three of those games this week. You could tease the Bills up from two and a half to eight and a half again over under right around forty. You have the Jets that you can tease up from two and a half to plus eight and a half, and then you have the Lions. Again, low totals, all the low 40s. You can tease them two and a half to eight and a half. I like the Browns, so I'm not going to recommend the Bills, but if you went with Bills, wouldn't blame you at all. It's a perfect tease spot. Um, so I'm going to say the Lions catching eight and a half. Windy game should be low scoring against Mitch Trubisky. Uh, and then also the Jets uh, catching eight and a half uh, against the Giants. And what should just be a hilarious game? It just feels like it's going to be a funny game that comes down to the wire. Oh, yeah. And we, we'll talk about that one uh, a little more in just a moment. But, yeah, I'm with you on, on those teases. I like Detroit as well. I'm going to mix it up and go with Baltimore. Uh, tease them from 10 to 4 here because, you know, you kind of mentioned it. Cincinnati got the backdoor cover last week. 10 is too many points, but this Baltimore team just has such an advantage that I, I think that they can win. 
they can win by a score. Uh, you know, I don't know two, you know, once you start getting into that two score situation, it's kind of dicey, but I do trust them to, to win by a, by a touchdown. So teasing them through that, uh, the seven and the six don't get quite down to the three, but, uh, feeling good about it in, in Detroit as well. All right. So that was our weekly teaser segment stuck and I both teasing the Lions plus eight and a half and stuck adding in the Jets plus eight and a half while I'm going with Ravens down to minus four. Now it's time for our underdog money line parlay. Turning good weekends into great weekends. It's time for the money line parlay. All right. So in this segment, we each pick an underdog on the money line and combine it into a little parlay and, you know, see if it can hit. Uh, my Jags did not come through last week. Uh, you had, who did you have? You the had Ravens, the, baby. Yeah, the Ra- yeah, yeah. So that was, I mean, that, that was a great call there. Who you got this week? Well, people say I'm a homer. I bet against the Ravens, I bet the Bengals, I bet the Browns, and now I'm going to go with the Steelers and uh, my money line underdog. Uh, I may also add them here, plus three and a half. It looks like Cooks is going to be out for the Rams, which certainly doesn't help. But I mentioned this before. If you look at the passing success rate numbers on the Steelers' defense since Minka got there, he's turned around their season on the defensive side of the ball. And specifically speaking for this matchup, we've talked about this a lot. The Rams' offensive line, you know, how there are there are weak points on that offensive line this year. And if you can get pressure and you can hit Goff, then you can get him off his game. Well, that's what the Steelers do with their defensive line. They have one of the best defensive lines uh, in the NFL. So I think they're going to be able to hit Goff here, uh, pressure him into mistakes. No cooks obviously doesn't help the Rams. I, he's doubtful when I mean, he could play. I'm saying this as of Wednesday. The Rams are really beat up at safety and linebacker. So I think the Steelers can win this game and uh, keep a, a run going. They've been pretty impressive here over the last couple of weeks. And it's a it's a Tomlin spot. It's a it's a classic Tomlin spot where you know he's a a home dog uh, against the Rams here, and it's a a soft Rams team still at the end of the day to me. Yeah, and that's kind of why I was, you know, talking about potentially betting the, the Steelers look ahead line again as a dog against the Browns because I think they have a they're undervalued right now and they could play. Yeah, if they win this game that. and the Browns lose that line, you won't get that anymore. Right, right. So yeah, I uh, I like that call. You know, Tomlin as a as a dog has been absolutely money. I don't know if it's I don't know if that's at, failed this season. As a matter of fact, because uh, I've been on that one too, pretty much every week. Let's see that. Tomlin as a dog, three and one this season against the spread. And one of the best underdog coaches, active coaches in the NFL. Yeah, 65%, 32-17-2 going back, you know, throughout his career. And if you bet him on the uh, money line as an underdog, he's ridiculous too. Yeah, you have a you would have a a 16% ROI betting betting uh, on him on the money line. Wins almost half the time, 45%. That's pretty good when you're an underdog. All right, so you got the Steelers and you mentioned the Jets earlier and that's my money line pick it's just going to be a hilarious game and if this was if the line was the other way because it's really a home game for both teams it's not you know they're both they both play in in MetLife Stadium yeah Uh, Jets are officially the home team but you know if if I was catching points with the with the Giants uh, I'd probably go that way but the bottom line is I think this is a game where you look at the Giants and they might have I think some bigger names obviously Saquon Barkley and whatnot but Daniel Jones, 21 sacks, six interceptions, seven fumbles in his last, uh, you know, his last five games. So it's another one of those. It's just, you know, if if he's an underdog and you're getting some points here, you probably probably go the other way. But it's like Jameis Winston. If if you're getting points with him, then, uh, you know, Sam Darnold can't, he can't be any more 
uh, turnover prone or interception prone or sack prone than, than what Daniel Jones is. So it's essentially just another one of these coin flip games. Uh, everyone's down on the Jets. So it uh, seems like a, a good time for them to get a win and then everyone will start, you know, wondering about the Giants again and it will just kind of go back and forth and New York will be miserable. Yeah, the best team in New York is the Bills, uh, if you want to oh. count Western New York. And they're uh, pretty fraudulent. I don't think there's any Super Bowl coming into the state of New York anytime uh, in the next couple of years. But, yeah, I, I, I can't disagree with you here. And if, if for those of you not familiar, we're doing a promo with points bet where you can fade Darren Ravel, where he picks his favorite game of the week and then, you know, the points bet will offer – better odds on the other side and he picked the Giants this week um, so you're probably good there in picking the Jets <laughs> and uh, so if you want to go bet if you have points bet and if you want to go bet the Jets plus two and a half you get a plus 110 so just throwing that out there as well but yeah I, I agree with you this is a true coin flip game and uh, so you can't go wrong I think if it was minus two and a half Jets you probably would have picked the Giants here in this segment yep Absolutely. That's, that's really all it comes down to. Again, we're just at that time of year where it's an ugly, ugly slate and uh, teams will lay eggs. Better teams will come out flat. So, uh, you know, give me, I'm, I'm going with the variance, taking the points. It should be a hilarious game. I, I will probably be tuning into that one uh, away from red zone for, for a few minutes. But now it is time to go into the best of the rest. All right. So we only have a couple games here, starting with one that was off the board for uh, a part of the week, but looks like it's reopened. Kansas City going to Tennessee. Chiefs by five and a half, 86% of the bets, 91% of the money on the Chiefs, uh, with the total at 48 and a half, 56% of the bets on the under. Andy Reid tends to cover in these spots, 34, 17, and one in his career against the spread on the road. That's a 67% cover rate. And the over when Reid's Chiefs go on the road is also hitting at a 59% uh, rate. Anything here? I mean, if you got this really early before the Mahomes news, good for you. I wish I did. It's not my type of, you know, not my cup of tea to play the Chiefs here, but it's probably Chiefs or nothing. Uh, You know, if I had to bet it, especially with Mahomes back and the Chiefs just in general are getting healthier across the board. You know, you know, Fuller, Okafor, Wiley looks like he's back. Fisher and, you know, Okafor didn't practice. I think they're the only ones that didn't practice. But if they, especially if they get Fisher back with that offensive line and, you know, with Mahomes back more importantly, then the offensive line doesn't even become as important. But with, you know, them now healthier at receiver and with Kelsey, but with Watkins Hill and the, the Titans this week had to put Malcolm Butler on IR, which means LaShawn Sims comes in and starts at corner which is something that Mahomes obviously can take advantage of. You know, on the other side of the ball, Tennessee, I mean, they just, they just don't scare you. So they're, you know, they're going to have to run the ball a ton, which you can do against the Chiefs. So that's what they're going to have to do. You know, Jones is back for the Chiefs. Chris Jones in the middle, which helps them a ton. Uh, but it's still a really, really, really weak run defense. So the problem is, can Tennessee's run offense keep up with Mahomes and the Chiefs' passing offense? Probably not. They're going to need to force turnovers or something. So I think it's Chiefs or nothing here, but around six is, is probably right because there might be some rust with Mahomes at first. You know, and you don't, you don't necessarily know how healthy he is. Maybe he's you know, 80, 90%. But yeah, I, I think it's Chiefs or nothing here. Underrated, but the top three teams in pass defense DVOA, the 49ers, the Patriots, and the Panthers – Number four, the Kansas City Chiefs. So they've been playing, kind of covering up for, for that run defense yep. uh, quite well in the past game. A team that has not been covering well at all, the Miami Dolphins. They are dead last in pass defense DVOA. They are going to Indianapolis. They are 10.5-point underdogs. 61% of the bets, 69% of the dollars, though. On the Dolphins, the total 44 with 56% of the bets, 94% 
of the money on that over. One really bad defense and one shaky defense. Do you like the over in this one too, or are you just kind of staying away? No, I, I actually might bet the Colts, to be honest. I mean, the, the Dolphins got their win, and I rarely ever bet, much, you know, lay 10 in the NFL, but especially at 10, I might look at the Colts. I know – I don't even care who plays quarterback for them. Uh, I mean, I know that there's a – Brissett practice today, and obviously is better than Hoyer, and I know all their receivers are out. You know, a good exercise to do with your friends is ask your friend, okay, name – I did this uh, today with a friend. I said, name one of the Colts starting receivers projected for this weekend. And he got zero. Uh, you know, it's Rodgers, Kane, and Pascal. So they don't, but it, I mean, on the Dolphins side, you have Walton who's suspended. Uh, you know, Preston Williams is on IR, the leading receiver. But it just doesn't matter to me because what you had, if the Colts are getting healthier in defense. This year should be back, which helps a lot. But this offensive line with the Colts against the, the Dolphins' horrible linebackers defensive line, you know, even if it's Hoyer, he could throw to their tight ends. They could just line up and run this ball. They could just run the ball all day right down the Dolphins' throats. I imagine, you know, you're the fantasy guru, number one rated. I imagine, you know, the Colts' back should have huge, huge days this Sunday. So, you know, the Dolphins, they're, they're just a terrible team. They've been competing. They got their win last week. Uh, you know, the Colts are coming off a devastating loss. Now, hopefully Vinatieri doesn't come up with too many shanked field goals, but this, I think, is Colts or nothing. Marlon Mack, top 10 fantasy play for me this week at running back. Has been kind of up and down, but this is a great spot, Miami. Number 31 in run defense DVOA. So this is, you know, it's a bad game when the biggest stars are probably the offensive line for, for one team. Yep. So uh, let's get into our final segment, the Survivor Pool Pick of the Week. One pick. One chance to advance. Survivor. All right, so still alive in the little Survivor game we're playing here. Uh, have used the Seahawks, Texans, Cowboys, Chargers, Eagles, Patriots, Bills, Vikings, and 49ers so far this season. Week 10, you know, it's, uh, you have the, the Saints. They're a big favorite, but you know, kind of talked about it. Could be a shootout. You never know when you have two offenses that can put points on the board. So for me, it's probably down to the Ravens or Colts. The, yeah, or the Colts. And as crazy as it sounds, I think I'm still – I think I still trust the Ravens more than the Colts because, you know, going against a, a first-time starter, like you never know what can happen with the Colts. You know, quarterback situation, a little messed up. I mean, just a lot of no-name skill players at this point. Like they're just a little more danger, I think, uh, with the Colts at this point, in my opinion. I think the Ravens, uh, you know, I just feel more confident in the Ravens. I'm putting it that way. So I'm – it is a spot that probably, from a game theory perspective, if you don't, if you haven't used either of them, you probably do go with the Colts because I think there's less uh, time to use them. But you just never know uh, in, in these situations, and I don't like the fact that I don't know who their quarterback's going to be yet. So yeah, going with the Ravens here. Yeah, and if I was still alive and I went down to, because of the Colts uh, beating the Chiefs, um, I would go with the Colts this week just because one of the principles that I do have in Survivor is I avoid. Now sometimes you can't but I try to avoid road division teams. So, but, so I would go with the Colts. But, yeah, those are the two that uh, I think are the logical choices this week. All right. So that does it for another episode of the Action Network podcast. You can follow Stucky at Stucky2 on Twitter or in the Action Network app. You can follow me on both as well at Chris Raybon. And make sure you download that Action Network app to get live odds, in-game win probabilities, and bet tracking 
stay tuned for more episodes of the Action Network podcast. Stucky and Colin Wilson will have a couple of college football episodes breaking down all the action this weekend, and then we're back with the Fantasy Flex uh, next week. So, till next time, let's get dish money. Go Pack Go.